Hey folks, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC Comics Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm Ed Moore, and this is Super Special... No, not really. It's episode 100, but I'm not doing anything special. I'm doing what I always do, so hopefully that'll be enough. A roll call, Hawkman, Sandman, Dr. Midnight, Starman, The Atom, Dr. Fate, The Spectre, Johnny Thunder, who is tardy, apparently, and Wonder Woman's secretary. It always says secretary for her. That's weird. Narrator tells us, Many learned savants have often wondered what would happen if insects, which in proportion to their size are many, many times stronger than men, challenged men's supremacy on Earth. The question is now being answered in a manner that startles the imagination. Men endowed with the relative strength of ants. Hmm. The web-spinning abilities of spiders. Ah. And the destructive talents of termites threaten to destroy civilization. Opposing them are eight men, eight fighters for freedom and justice, pitting their brains and brawn against the hordes of the leaping grasshopper, against the flying fighting hornet, against the poisonous sting of the bee, the Justice Society of America. So Hawkman, um, ever the on-top-of-things chairman of the Justice Society, has heard reports of people, men exhibiting the strengths of different insects, committing crimes. He knows that um, if you take the hormones, extract the hormones and concentrate them, and inject them into human beings, that the abilities of the insects will be transmitted to the human beings, and they can lift, you know, many, many times their body weight like ants, and they have webs and all these other things, as the narrator was telling us. I've had reports of men who could leap tremendous distances in grasshopper fashion, and men who could spin webs like spiders. We've got to stop them, gentlemen, he uh, summarizes. And as they're talking, they realize Johnny Thunder's not there, and they're looking around, and he enters the room walking on the ceilings and buzzing periodically. Hiya, fellas. Can you imagine bzz, me walking on the ceiling? Ha <laughs> ha, So, apparently something has happened to Johnny. He has fallen prey to this insect hormonal treatment himself. Somehow he must have been treated with the abilities of the fly. Imagine a crook who could walk up walls, Hawkman says. Dr. Fate chimes in. If you know where these men are operating, give us our assignments. There's no time to be lost. Hawkman says, you can read all I know in the letters I've written inside these envelopes. I've been corresponding with regard to those reports. And so they all go through, and they kind of pick, like, you know, picking for the short straw. Until finally, a couple things. Hawkman tells Johnny, you're kind of weird. You need to stay here. And uh, Wonder Woman tells Hawkman that they're all gone, and Hawkman then opens up his... Uh, mission as they weren't labeled or anything. They were just talked about in the letters, and so everybody just got to pick and open up and see what it is they got. For Dr. Fate's story, the narrator opens for us, Crime drops from the silver haze of a scudding cloud to rest its loot from the hull of a transcontinental airliner. Men who buzz through the air with hornet-like wings, who spray hot lead from stinger-like tommy guns, menace the upper reaches of the sky. 
until the azure and gold form of Dr. Fate swoops like a falcon to meet their challenge. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned... I don't think I have. That's why it's coming to mind. A couple things. Um, In this book, All-Star Comics, he's described as azure and gold. In more fun comics, he's described as blue and gold. Eh, no big deal. But I have noticed that there is a difference in his uniform that I don't believe I've mentioned. His boots, his trunks, his gauntlets, and his helmet and his medallion are all gold. That is consistent for both books. What is not consistent is his gold cape which he may or may not have uh, in the more fun, typically not. But also, his collars are gold in All-Star, and he has these um, fittings on his shoulders that that look like uh, big rings. They arc up across his shoulder, and those are gold. He doesn't even have anything like that in the more fun comics. So, just to make note of that. Uh, We see seven of these hornet men, we'll say. We we have no idea. Descend on an airliner, shoot at it and force it down. Kick everybody off the plane and hijack the plane. Everybody is happy that they're safe, but the pilot says, well, it's really not a good thing because that plane had a million dollars in gold bullion on it and now it's gone. Eventually, the pilot makes his way out of the Pablo Mountains, which is where this particular plane was forced down, and brings word. Time after time, airliners forced down, people stranded, airliner hijacked by the Hornet men. Dr. Fate uh, starts patrolling in the general region where the reports have been going on. And from under a tree, a henchman sees him and goes to his, uh, or a uh, boss uh, sees him and goes to his henchman and says, we have Dr. Fate flying around. Now's our time to get on him. Uh, Hasher, H-A-S-H-E-R, is the, I guess, last name of this uh, boss. So he looses the Hornet men on Dr. Fate while the henchmen marvel on the ground and watch. Oh, they're all excited about the impending defeat of Dr. Fate. So the Hornet men come at him, and one by one he starts dispatching them until those that are left run. Uh, They run back home like homing pigeons would. Well, homing pigeons wouldn't really run, but you know what I mean. They, They know where to go, and they go home. Dr. Fate follows them, knowing that, runs into the henchmen, Uh, starts knocking them out, taking them out, trapping the hornet men back in their hornet den, which is underground via a trap door, apparently. Fate says, Hasher isn't bright enough to have used these hornet men unaided. There must be someone behind him. And he goes looking through materials there in their little impromptu camp and finds something, says, huh, the King Bee, living in the Great Forest, so he's the one who discovered these insect hormones. I'll send some police and scientists here to take care of Hasher and his playmates while I go on after King Bee. 
Finally, here the narrator tells us, Eight grim champions of justice are pursuing one man, the King Bee. All of them have heard the name, but none has seen him. Who is the King Bee? A man? An insect? Let us turn back the years to a morning long ago, in a teeny tenement room, where an exterminator salesman was busy at his hobby. We see the gentleman saying goodbye to uh, some kind of bug that he's putting back in like a terrarium, saying he's got to go off to work to find food for them and him. Ha ha ha. But door after door after door is slammed in his face. Kids make fun of him. Till at the end of another discouraging day, he's sitting pondering, If I could be strong as an ant in relation to his size, or fly and sting like a bee, I'd show him. Maybe I could experiment and find a way. Using his slender savings, Elmer Payne, P-A-N-E, devotes all his time to researching, laboring night and day. And so now, panel after panel, we see that um, he's successful. He's extracted and synthesized, crystallized form of the insect hormones, but... His success is tempered with failure, for Elmer Payne discovers that his powder saps the intelligence of the person or animals to whom it's fed, although it endows them with all the properties of the ant, the bee, or the termite. So down to his last bucks, he decides that what he's going to do is he's going to send invitations to the underworld to use his creations. And he has a meeting, and um, they buy... The, the underworld, different underworld groups buy services depending on what they want to do of certain insect-like creations of his, combinations of traits. As time passes, Elmer Payne, who called himself the King Bee, grew wealthy and moved his laboratory and all his equipment to the Great Forest. The Justice Society has done it again. They've rounded up the insect men who have been terrorizing the city and the country Payne hears on a uh, radio news report. The narrator next page tells us, From near and far they come, those paladins of law and order. Their intent eyes on the great forest where the king bee dwells. And so they go um, surrounding his house, and as they approach the house, Payne sets loose several dogs that have been endowed with greater strength than their size. So maybe that's like ant strength. But... Johnny's Thunderbolt reduces the dogs in size to little puppies, and they run off. Starman and Our Man break through the door, but dive to the side as Payne has a gun. Starts shooting, so the Spectre jumps in. Um, the bullet's unable to harm his body, and along with Our Man, knocks Payne out. They subdue Payne, the King Bee, and... Um, Hawkman finds a list of antidotes for the hormone powder uh, that they can use to restore men who have taken the powder and they can resume their normal lives. And in the final panel, uh, Johnny Thunder quips, Well, he's a cinch for the bug house or the jail house. Suppose we turn him over to the police and let them decide which. Wah, wah, the end. So, King B. It could be an interesting character to come back, maybe refine you know what he does a little bit, maybe make a a big composite organism that has the abilities of all those different 
insects. That could be kind of cool. I'm speaking. I have no idea if he ever returns or not. So, Alrighty, guys. That's it for this episode 100. See, I told you it'd be just like all the others. Next time out, more fun comics. Issue 94, the 1936 volume of the book. Cover dated November, December 1943. As always, the All-Star Comics... Uh, reprints can be found in All-Star Comics archives. This issue 18 is from archive number 4, dated December 1996, if you want to look that up. Thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next time. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license. <laughs>